0: Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement.
1: Hi there, it's Tad Hargrave from Marketing for Hippies, and here we are, uh, all of us, all a 180 of us, 1,080 or so people have registered for this. Really wonderful to have you here. Um, Today's uh, class uh, presentation is about life and business without social media. Uh, This has been an incredibly overwhelmingly popular response, uh, so much so that Bradley and I uh, freaked out a little bit because we realized our Zoom accounts had a limit of 100 people. And yet over 1,000 people, it was clear we're going to register. And so what to do about that exactly, uh, you know, uh, tricky. So Jason Giel, our friend from Victoria has rescued us by letting us use his account. That's his account we're we're using to record this. Uh, And thanks to all of you, there's a lot of things you can be doing with your time. Uh, None of us need to be on another Zoom call and yet somehow here we are. Uh, You're clearly wrestling with this thought of how do you uh, the possibility of either spending less time on social media or deleting it entirely. And there are plenty of reasons why people would want to stay on social media. Um, I don't have an intention currently to get off, but it's people, Yeah. so for those of you who are new, I also want to acknowledge there are a lot of you who already know Bradley and I, and there are plenty of you who've never come across us at all. So yeah, my name is Ted Hargrave from marketingfreakies.com. This is Bradley Morris from magicmedia.com. And, uh, we want to use your time as well as, as, possible and uh so it's just uh, very gracious of you to give us <laughs> think give us the chance and uh okay so uh, i think basically that's it in terms of introductions you all know why you're here uh, i'm going to turn it over to bradley uh for the rest of this call uh, and he's going to be sharing his story of how he got off social media the only thing i'll say by way of introduction is so many of my clients um uh, mm-hmm wrestle with social media and they think, but I can't, I need to be. Everyone says I have to be on, I have to do Facebook ads, I have to do Instagram. Everyone's on it. And if I get off, it'll hurt my business. And I think by the end of this presentation, you may have had the case very compellingly made for you that uh, getting off social media will help your business and not hurt it. So with that, Bradley, uh, over to you
0: hello everybody my goodness uh it's amazing to see so many faces this is um this is very unexpected uh i wore my good suit for (laughs) showing up on a holiday monday so thanks for being here when you could definitely not be here um my intentions for today are to share my story to share um the journey of leaving social media while having a business and what the last four years have looked like as far as growing magic media without using social media at all. Um, and before I dive into the, the storytelling as well as, uh, the solution sharing for how we've grown magic media over the last four years, um, just like some quick caveats about like me and social media. So, I deleted my Facebook account. Um, I have a, um, what is it? a unregistered or, or deactivated account on Instagram, which I think I've posted like maybe 10 times over the last three or four years. Um, mostly because every once in a while, I feel like I I'm like maybe I'm missing out on something. And so I have this like, wang of regret inside of me. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should go try posting a thing and feel what it's like. But as soon as I get in there and I post and I feel the addictive hook come back into me and I just want to keep checking it. like, oh man, this is like a drug. I just like, people are liking this thing that I just posted. And so that was one of the reasons of why I left social media in the first place was just the, the addictive nature of creating content, posting, and constantly checking to see if I have the approval of, of my voice. So uh, if you can relate, which I'm sure many of you can that use social media regularly, uh, and we'll get more into some of the other reasons. So I've prepared a fun little slide presentation. I actually had more fun with this presentation than I think I have in a very long time doing a slide presentation. So before I get into it, uh, just a quick... Commercial break. Uh, next Monday, Tad and I are facilitating a pre-sales magic masterclass. So this is basically teaching the exact exact step-by-step process we do with people, uh, clients, and partners. We did this with Tad uh, last year to launch his membership site, uh, and that launch brought in about one hundred twenty thousand dollars of revenue last year. Magic Media, we brought in five hundred thousand dollars for four different launches we did for four different partners um you'll be getting all of our templates the exact same templates that we give to uh our clients and partners when we work with them uh and it's it's next monday it's a day long workshop you literally walk away at the end of the day with a very solid framework for your launch and a bunch of the templates already filled in um you can go to the website there magicmedia.com/presales-magic to check out more information um And there'll be a reminder in the the recording email that goes out just about that. So you can watch for the link there. Uh, And that's it. That's the commercial. Let's get to it. So question one, why are you here today? Why do you want to escape from social media? Um, I would love to just see people's answers. Uh, We don't have a chat, I guess. So maybe we can't see, but you can, I think you can message myself and Tad. So, just as we get going, I would love to see the reasons and I'll scroll through afterwards just to understand a little bit more. And for all the people that filled out the survey that I sent, uh, thank you so much. I'll be compiling those resor- results. Uh, I'll be compiling the results from that. And when the recording goes out, I'm, I'm going to work on a case study of just like, This is how many people want to get off social media and, you know, here's how people are using it and how many people actually have a strategy and how many hours a week and how much money's coming from it. What surprised me most out of the hundred or so people that have responded so far um, is that the average person is using five to 10 hours a week on social media. I think it was something like 80%. Uh, who filled it out, do not have a social media plan. So it's just unplanned, unscheduled social media time, um, scrolling, maybe posting from time to time. But what I see there is just it's kind of a waste of time. And the other piece is that out of the 10 hours-ish a week, it was roughly 50% make less than $100 a week from the effort put into their social media. So to me, that tells me something. If we're trying to grow a business and that 10 hours a week that we deem social media, which is also deemed to be marketing time, um, we're not actually getting a return on that investment, then hopefully some of the ideas that I share today on what we did when, when I switched Magic Media off social media can inspire other ways to channel your creative energy and your time so that you can get a better return on your investment. And I see people are posting in the chat now. So um, there's a lot of answers coming in. Somebody said, uh, never worked for me, too time consuming, the approval addictive nature uh, that I mentioned. I dislike the way it distracts me from the important people in my life. Not convinced that the return on investment is there. I wanna escape from social media because I've never got into it for my business. It feels fake and I would rather get word of mouth referrals or hub referrals. I resent the scandalous nature of data being traded without our permission. So this is great. My tendency is to compare brings me down. Seems like social media is the only way to get exposure. So wondering how to reach people when it seems like everyone is on it. Everyone except for me. So there's, there's a lot of answers. Um, I will include some of these answers in, in a case study cause I'll get that when we do it, but, uh, Oh, the pressure to always be online. Surveillance, capitalism, yeah. All the things, all the things. Okay, so let's uh, let's go to the next slide here. If I can get this, there's so many people logging on, I can't, there we go. Okay, um, so here's my theory on social media based on every once in a while when I'll poke my head in to Instagram and then deactivate my account again immediately. Um, Rather than connect us, social media divides us. Rather than being inspired, we feel anxious about our use of social media. Rather than building friendships, we get followers. Rather than creating more connection, we have more loneliness. Rather than feeling safe to share our thoughts, we censor them. Rather than being free, we become addicted to our devices. So this is my observation. These are the reasons I got off four years ago and I'll say it took me three years of thinking about getting off social media before I finally walked away. I believe the world doesn't need more social media. Each of us does not need more social media. What we need is more social connection and this day and age Social connection is definitely something we could all use a whole lot more of. And so as you reflect on your own relationship with social media today, does your relationship to it make you feel more connected to your community, your immediate community in the place that you live? Does it make you feel more connected to yourself, your source of power and purpose? Or does it feel like it pulls you away and distracts you? For me, I always felt like it distracted me from my source of power. So here's three really important questions that I'm gonna ask. Number one, how much time do you spend on social media? Write it down, everybody write it down, write down the number, just admit to yourself per week, how much time on average do you think you're spending on social media? Next question is how much money does your time on social media give you as a return? So through the relationships, the posting, whether you're spending money on advertising, whatever it might be, how much money are you getting as your return on that investment? And then the third question, which to me, I feel like is the most important thing as an entrepreneur, I became a creator because I wanted to be free. I wanted time freedom. I wanted the freedom to to make my choices, the creative freedom to be who I wanted to be in the world. And so it was all about finding right alignment with the things that fulfill me the most. And so the third question is, how fulfilled are you with the time that you're spending on social media? Do you walk away at the end of the day and feel like you filled yourself up? Or does it feel like that, that relationship is taking you away from yourself and taking you away from the things that do fulfill you. And then a really great question. And I love reading the answers in the survey of people that, that answered this one of what would you do with all the extra time you could have if you didn't do social media? With those 10 extra hours that you might get back if you just walked away from social media? because there's so much we can do with our time. And if we have a strategy and I always come back to uh, just a saying that I've used for, I've been an entrepreneur for full-time for 16 years. And um, I've always just gone by this whole schedule, my success. And it kind of drives my wife a little bit crazy because um, I, I'm able to allocate time for the, for certain things, but I do schedule myself and For me, that helps me to allocate my energy so that I can create a balanced, fulfilling life rather than just bouncing around and never fully being fully present with the one thing that I want to be doing. So for you, what would you do with all that extra time, that extra two hours a week, five hours a week, 10 hours a week so that you have more fulfillment and potentially even create more wealth? So why did I leave? And what fears came up about leaving? So this is me sitting over here. This was me at one point thinking about making the leap. And as I said, I thought about leaving for three years before I actually left, I actually started a Facebook group, which still might be on Facebook called evacuate Facebook plan. Um, it, back then it had quite a bit of traction. There was like a natural following of people like, how do we get off of this machine? Um, you know, fears, uh, the fears that I felt about leaving are the, the same as all of yours that I would lose touch with my friends and family. Um, that I would be out of the loop that I wouldn't get invitations to events that I wouldn't know what's happening in the world that I wouldn't know what's happening in the lives of people I care about. And that I would lose my, my ability to lead the audience that I was trying to serve. That people wouldn't be able to find me. That, um, that I wouldn't be able to live my purpose and, and share my gifts in the same way without social media. And so I'm going to touch on each of those. The losing touch piece before leaving, I reached out to all of the friends that I could think of to get their contact information, to get their phone numbers, their email addresses, to know where they live in the world so that if I'm traveling, I can get in touch with them. Um, And I am definitely way more prone to sending my family and my friends pictures and personalized videos. And I use uh, apps like Voxer and Marco Polo, where um, I will have one-on-one connection with people I care about and and to actually pick up the phone and call them or to schedule some time and do a zoom catch up or to go for a hike and talk to a friend. And I do that so much more because I have to, because there's so many people I care about and I want to stay in touch with them. And so as far as the being out of the loop part, um, for that, I mean, I've, I've just have to, I've had to be better at fostering more consistent relationships with people I care about and checking in with, with my friends and finding out like what's coming up and what's going on. So I've just had to be more active so that I can stay in the loop in the, peop- the lives of the people that I care most about. And as far as not being an authority or not being an influencer or whatever in my industry, um, I'll get to that very, very soon. So the reasons why I left, um, we just had a son, our son. So he's, he's four, four and three quarters now, as he would say. And um, I'd been stewing on the social media thing. I was, uh, I was a daily poster for probably eight years, um, constantly thinking of things to post and to say that would get likes and followers and lead to clients. Um, and it just kind of, the more the algorithm changed inside of Facebook, uh, the more gross it felt, uh, giving my energy to it. The more I like, I, I actually had this a gross feeling of like putting my family's life on the the platform, knowing that they could use it for whatever they wanted, knowing that they could use it to manipulate me, um, or others, like, there are so many reasons, and for anybody out there, if you haven't seen the social, the social dilemma, the new documentary movie on Netflix, it's it's well worth watching. I mean, it's it's horrific what's going on with how these companies are programming the algorithms to basically keep you there, to keep you hooked. Um, and so there was that. I felt that years ago, and it, like I remember the early days of Facebook, and it felt way more innocent where when you post your friends would see your post. You didn't have to pay for the post. It wasn't like scrolling and seeing advertisement after advertisement, after advertisement, there was just a different energy there. And so I really, you know, when, when the purity of my son came into the world, I wanted to to maintain that energy inside of myself and Facebook felt like it was a distortion. And so I had to let it go. Um, the day there was like an actual day where i said that's enough and i remember i was up on a mountain by myself i was watching this beautiful sunset and and i'd just done some breathing exercises and i just i felt really good and i was sitting there watching the sunset and my brain was starting to craft how i was going to describe that moment and on social media i was already i was in the moment thinking about the future of how I would describe this amazing experience that I was having so that people would like it, share it, etc. And I was like, this is, this is not my real brain. My brain has been hijacked and my brain really just, I just wanted to be present and enjoy the moment. But my brain was already trying to figure out how I was going to describe the moment to people on social media. And that was the moment I was like, my brain has been hijacked and I need to, I need to take it back. And you know that with the privacy ethics and that the return on investment for energy input uh, and money coming back to me, it's just, it wasn't worth it anymore. So I was just like the hell with this. I'm done. Uh, My last, my, I think my last post on Facebook was something around um, you know, just don't believe in this. And I'm either going to go start my own social media platform that aligns with who I want to be, or just go live life. (laughs) See you later. So that was, uh, that was that. And I, I left, there's definitely been, um, there's been times where I've regretted it. Um, there's been times where I felt like maybe I'm missing out on something. Um, and you know, ultimately, all it takes for me is to go reactivate my account and to do a post and to see what happens inside of myself to know that uh, it's it's I made the right decision. Uh, I did TikTok for like maybe two weeks. My buddy and I did a comedy challenge on TikTok, and I was just blown away at how addictive that platform is. Like it is, it's crazy how addictive that platform is. I would never. Ever return to it. Um, and so, what happened next? Leaving was weird. Leaving was very, very weird. Um, I felt this gaping hole in my consciousness for, for months afterwards. Um, I did feel disconnected from friends, especially my friends that are spread throughout the world. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, I felt like I kind of erased myself, honestly. Um, in those first several months, because, uh, people didn't come checking on me. It wasn't like all my old friends are like, Oh, Brad's gone. He's off. He's off the network. It wasn't like they came like texting me or calling me and checking in on a regular basis. It wasn't like, it wasn't like that at all. Um, what followed was definitely some loneliness. Uh, I had an honest check-in of like, okay, like who are the people that I want to invest my energy in for real relationships? Because what was on social media, those were not real friends. If they don't care what's happening with my life as I move forward and I'm not on that platform, that's not a real friendship to me. Those aren't people that actually care about me. And yeah, there's this false sense of illusion that when, we're posting or we're seeing posts of friends It's like, Oh, I know they're okay. But what we're seeing in their posts is just like this one moment from their life. We don't actually know if our friends are okay, unless we pick up the phone or we meet them and we have a conversation. And so that illusion was totally shattered and it was, it was hard for me. I thought people would have been more proactive at calling me. And instead what I found is I needed to be more proactive to reach out to my friends and check in with them. Um, And I also had to start building community on the ground where I lived. And I'll get into that about what I did and how it's actually changed my life for the better in so many ways. So four years later, um, so much has changed. I definitely have no regrets uh, about moving through that uh, difficult period in the beginning. So I'll start with, uh, I went from probably working eight to fifteen hours a day, just I mean, it was also a different stage in my business at magic media. we were we were starting up and we were working our asses off. and you know we were we were grinding. and so we worked so much. My work life now is six hours, six and a half. I mean, if I'm doing a big launch, I might put in a couple of days here and there, but Everything is, I'm way more organized now that I don't have to do the social media stuff. I, I just feel more focused in, in my day-to-day rhythms and I know how magic media makes money now. And I just stick with the formula that works really well. Um, I have way more adventure time. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take my backpack out into the forest or up into the mountains and I'll do work days and just stream data to my phone and computer and, and work out there. Um, magic media has continued to pretty much double our revenue since walking away from social media every year that each year doubles. And this year is probably going to be another double or triple year. Um, for me, my passion is playing golf, uh, mixing my meditation practice with golf. I, I play pro tournaments as a, as a hobby and I golf at first light almost every morning, six days a week. And so, um, just having the space to do that, having the space to focus more on my fitness and I get tons of family time, you know, like I'm no longer working for a future date where I can hang with my family. I'm just claiming it now. And I enjoy plenty of space with the people I care about and the friends and the family. And I'll say on the communal side of things, um, you know, for me, the the loneliness thing was, uh, it was was hard to deal with at first. Um, I felt like I had, I was an outsider all of a sudden. And um, what helped me is I started a men's adventure club on Salt Spring Island called Man Ventures. And every Tuesday night, a group of buddies and I, we get together and we go on adventures. I mean, we We'll go sit in a cave and do jam sessions. We will climb mountains and have fire at the top. We'll go paddling in the bioluminescence. We'll play sports. We've done poker nights. We've done improv comedy nights. I mean, we do everything. The basic, the one rule is whatever guys show up, um, the whatever guys show up for the adventure, choose what the adventure is the week after. And we've done so many things. We've been doing that for three years now. Uh, I've got about 35 local guys that come on and off. We usually get about 10 guys that show up, which is legal now. Thumbs up. We're loud. Um, and it's, it's been life-changing. I, I feel like I'm back in high school every Tuesday, uh, because of this community of, of men that I get to adventure with every single week. And, um, It's amazing. We do work parties for each other. Just the other day, we went and did a wood chopping party for a guy. And, you know, we just, we chop wood, we've built barns, we've built greenhouses for each other. Um, My buddies came over and they helped me build a driving range net out in my yard last week, like real on the earth things. We're growing food together. It's like a real community of humans that care about each other. It's just, it blows my mind. And, you know, my, my, Instead of social media, I get text messages and phone calls all the time from people that are like, hey, do you want to go jump in the ocean or whatever? Like it's I found my community because I left the illusion of community and um, it's it was it's been powerful. It's been difficult. I have had to be the one to spearhead it. Um, I built an app on, or I built a, a Man Ventures community for our local guys on Mighty Networks so that we have a place where we can share, where we can set up our weekly events and all that sort of stuff. Like I've had to spearhead it. So, um, and the guys are also grateful because lo and behold, they were all lonely too. None of them had any friends and now we all have each other. And it's it's pretty amazing. It's a very, very special thing. Um, and then, yeah, I've I've just really take an inventory of the people that I want to stay in touch with and I make the effort to pick up the phone and call them as often as I possibly can. Um, And so if you don't have an inventory list of the people that you know matter most to you, I would suggest making one because you'll probably find 20 or 30 people that you care about and probably a bunch of them you haven't picked up the phone and talked to in a long time. And I would suggest doing that because they'll be delighted to hear from you. Um, And it's a lot different than liking their post on social media and having an hour long catch up. So next business without social media, how do you succeed? What do you do? So every year I pick a word for new years and the year I left social media and the year after that year, I had the same word two years in a row, and it was relationships. That was my word. I realized that if I was going to live a fulfilling life and build a successful business, I needed to focus on better relationship building. And so, there's five different types of relationships to help you grow your business. And that's what we're going to get into. So, now we're going to talk about how do you actually make money if you're off of social media? How do you How do you do this thing? So here are the five ways. These are five ways that these are tried, tested, proven. Like I've done all of these, all of these things have brought in money for myself, partners and people inside of our magic media community. So number one is collaborative. So what we're doing right now, Tad and I collaborated on this event. We had an idea, we worked together, we both promoted it and we're both benefiting from having this space. So collaborative might be you partnering with a group of people or one person. It could be on a platform. It could be on a webinar. It could be on a summit where you all just pool your resources and your talent and you do something great together. Um, It could be a retreat. I, I led retreats. In my past life, like 10, 12 years ago when I was teaching meditation, and so those were always collaborative. I would find another leader, and we would co-lead the retreats in different parts of the world so that it helped to balance the investment and the risk to both parties that we're all in in it together. So collaborative, finding people that you align with, that you could both bring something cool to the table if you were to collaborate in some creative way. I mean, basically everything Magic Media has built, all of our courses, the communities we built, the branding, all of the media. If you go to our YouTube channel, um, you know, we have hundreds of videos. Those were all collaborative, um, collaborative efforts. Uh, They it was by pooling the talent of some of my favorite friends and us all working together to create a common vision. I was usually the ideas guy who saw the process and the workflows. And then I like, would recruit my friends who had all these talents and, and say, like, let's build this thing together and we'll all reap the benefits. And it's just I, I don't see enough of that collaborative energy. We live in these silos and we try to do everything on our own. And I think it's the wrong way about going about business. I just, we're so much more powerful if we find a small team of people that can work together for a common goal. The next type of relationship is affiliate. So we all know affiliates, affiliate marketing. uh, You know, if you have high-end coaching, a membership, an online course, if you're selling a workshop or a retreat or an event, paying somebody, 20 to 50% of the revenue from the referrals that they send your way is so worth it. And the easier you make it for the affiliate to promote what it is that you have, the better. Next week at the pre-sales magic masterclass, um, we're gonna be literally helping you to build your hub list so you have a list of people that you already know or people you wanna know so you can start reaching out when you're ready to launch the next thing that you're gonna launch. Um, affiliates, I would say affiliate marketing, probably it's not a huge piece for us, but I would guess 20 to 20% or so of our revenue comes from some form of affiliate commissions, especially when it comes to magic media, supporting a partner to launch their membership or a course or something like that. Um, leveraging, you know, ultimately what you're trying to do is leverage everybody's networks or everybody's gifts or life's work so that you can make the most of it. And so finding people who will happily promote what it is you offer and offering them commissions. So That's affiliate marketing. The next, nobody talked about this. This has been one of my biggest income earners over the last eight or nine years is licensing. Um, so basically for me, it all started, um, I used to teach meditation. I taught 500 plus meditation workshops between 2009 and 2012 launched my first meditation courses in 2012, and then focused on between 2012 and 2014 on building the best meditation library we possibly could. Uh, My buddy Blair and I, he's a music producer. We custom made about 48 meditation tracks with all different types of breath work and custom music. And we we built the best meditation library we could. I started to license those tracks to different to different apps, companies, uh, and basically, you know, I became number one on Mind Valley's Omvana app for the last like six years in running. Uh, I'm ranked pretty high on Breathe, Aura, um, Insight Timer. I have other private companies that license my tracks, and licensing is amazing because, you know, if it's non-exclusive, you can license the same product to multiple companies. So that's what I do with my meditations. I license my library to multiple companies. They either pay me a commission based on plays or purchases, or they pay me a set fee monthly, quarterly, or annually. And that income for me, I haven't taught meditation for probably eight years, other than the occasional drop-in when I'm leading a group or something. But like as a meditation teacher, I haven't taught for almost eight years. My income increases fairly consistently every year, I've had years where I've made 80 to $90,000 of pure passive income off the meditation stuff that I literally worked an hour to do some contract work and that was it. So licensing is amazing. One caveat about licensing is the quality of your work has to be up there as like some of the best stuff in your industry so that you really stand out against all the other people. And that's, you know, for us at Magic Media, we focus on quality. That's been our, our shtick is like, focus on the quality and the people will come and they'll recognize that this is the best place to go. And so with licensing, you can, you know, literally whatever industry and whether it's hypnosis or selling meditations or yoga or whatever, like get a few really amazing minimal viable products, whether it's a video or uh, some audio tracks, like the highest quality you can possibly do, maybe with the help of your producer friend that you might have. And then you would approach a company and or an app and you would give them your demo and see if they're open to licensing what it is that you have. Um, so licensing, it's been amazing for, for just building uh, passive income streams. You know, those, as I said, they come in sometimes once a month, quarterly, annually, and I can count on those. So you can license audio stuff. You could license your... Um, if you have meditation processes, etc. You can license your courses to different platforms. Um, I've even licensed videos that we've done, like marketing videos that we've produced that could fit perfectly with a company and we've licensed that content to them for a price. So there's, there's a lot. The licensing rabbit hole is deep and it depends on what industry you're in and what you do. The next one is guest appearances. So Uh, Like today, Tad's hosting this, I'm a guest, and I'm coming and I'm sharing a story with all of you. So you can be a guest on a podcast, you could be a guest teacher, either in-person or live streaming. Um, You could contribute content, whether it's articles or videos, uh, as a guest on a blog site, um, at a conference, at a summit, whatever it might be. But being a guest, it's easy. You just reach out and say, hey, are you looking for guests? This is who I am, this is what I do. Always send some of the best stuff you have on the internet as a way to, um, you know, you kind of in those introductory emails, um, you got to talk yourself up a bit. And I've got a a gift that I'll send you all about how do you reach out cold to build partnerships? So that'll be coming up in just a minute. And then this has been the most life-changing thing ever for me as an entrepreneur and for my business, Magic Media, profit sharing. Um, So... A few years ago, we started taking on our first clients uh, at Magic Media to do production, to build plat- like community platforms, like a Mighty Network platform, um, and to support with like basically leveraging their life's work and, and building this whole thing. And we started out as fee-for-service, and uh, I'm an entrepreneur through and through, have been since the day I dropped out of college, and uh, to not be invested in the... Um, in the outcome that we're all striving for, for me, it really wore on me. I found it exhausting. Um, it didn't, didn't get me as excited. And so, um, about a year and a half coming up on two years. Yeah. Year and a half. Um, we did our first partnership where they paid a smaller upfront instead of fee for service. It was a smaller upfront investment to pay a deposit. And then we do profit sharing where basically our team becomes, the, the partners team, and we all build the thing together and we all share in the revenue and the profits that come. And so, um, Tad and I are partners on his membership. We, we launched that last year. We have four other partners that we've launched already. Um, we've got three other partnerships that we're building right now. And basically, like the name of the game is how do we all leverage our life's work? how do we come together and build something that's so much better than if we were to just go off in our silos and do it and then we all benefit from the revenue and so like magic media we don't do fee for service anymore it's it's either partnerships or you can pay us a consulting fee and we'll give advice but to do like to have the energy and time of myself and my team working on something that there's no future benefit for us other than the fee for service just doesn't make sense um, and so profit sharing is one of the, it, it's, it's life-changing because we all become business partners. And there's just, there's this group mind that happens and there's a group energy of like, we're all in this together and we're all aiming for the highest benefit of each other as well as the audience we're seeking to serve. So profit sharing has been just incredible. Um, and we played with at Magic Media over the previous five years we played with probably 15 different pricing and business models. And we finally landed on our sweet spot where it's working and um, I'm just loving the the idea of, no longer am I looking to have 10,000 followers, instead I'm looking to have five or 10 really awesome partnerships. That's 10 relationships rather than 10,000. I mean, you tell me which one's more stressful. I would much rather have 10 relationships that we go deep and we get to know each other and there's a strong connection a bond than 10,000 people that don't give a shit about me. <laughs> like that is just, that's, I would, it's so much more fulfilling um, to have these deeper relationships where we're all in it together. So, um, Mighty Networks is one of the platforms we use. I'm just going to touch on this real quick. If you're looking for a platform that you can get off social media but you like some of the qualities of social media, Mighty Networks is the best SaaS platform out there that it does there's some technical pieces but it doesn't require you to be a tech wizard, like building a a whole community platform with courses on something like WordPress. So Mighty Networks allows you to build courses. There's all different types of business models that you can do and revenue models. We've got a blog about seven different business models that you can do inside of Mighty Networks. I think I was actually a guest for you, Tad, when I did that. Um, You can do a Mighty Network for location, like I've got a Man Ventures one, but our whole Magic Media membership is also inside of Mighty Networks where we have our global uh, community. Um, and basically, you know, you can build your own social network. So you get to make the rules, you get to create the content. And instead of it being chaotic where you're watching cat videos, you're getting trolled about something you said last Tuesday, you're seeing pictures of families and you're participating as a, in courses and your facilitator in courses. Instead, it's a focused space. Everybody that comes into your Mighty Network community, they're all there for the same reason, whatever that reason is in your community. For Magic Medias, we're all there to build our, to leverage our life's work, to build powerful media, to create communities, memberships, to launch stuff. And your network would have its own intention and purpose. And everybody that comes through the gates, you're all there to do the same thing, which is way better than Facebook. It's more focused. So I'm not saying don't do social media. I'm saying, look at the relationship you have with social media. And there's four ways that I think it could potentially work for you, but you have to be disciplined. Number one is you have to have a strategy. You need to write down a legitimate publishing strategy. Treat your company like it is a media or a, like a, a magazine publishing company. Have a publishing schedule, batch the content creation stuff so that you're doing all the content creation and pre-schedule everything. Have a strategy in place so that you're not flailing because when you're flailing, you have those open gaps where you can go and scroll that damn wall and get lost in distractions. And that's not why we're here. Number two, have a schedule. So have a publication schedule. These days, this goes out. These days, that goes out. And we do this in in Mighty Networks as well. Like when we work with a partner, we create a publishing schedule. Um, This is what happens on Mondays. This is what happens on Tuesdays. This is when the newsletter goes out. And if you just have a schedule, then you can fill in those slots and you can plan your life a whole lot better. Three, I said it, discipline. Be disciplined with that schedule and that strategy. Stick to it. And then the fourth is have a team. If you can get somebody else to do the posting so you don't have to log on anymore. Um, That's, you know, for me, that's the only way I could see it possibly working unless you're extremely disciplined and you can post and not check Uh, because, you know, it's just made to suck you in and keep you there. Uh, Here's a simple formula. I did a podcast uh, a few weeks ago. You could find it, um, making magic podcasts is what it's called but basically you know the hours you invest on social media and how much how many hours do you spend and how much money you're making if you're not making at least 100 bucks an hour for every hour you spend on social media if it doesn't balance out to more than $100 an hour then i would suggest trying one of the other five things and spending less time on social media because you really should be paid for the time that you're investing on those platforms because you know who is benefiting Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, they're all benefiting. They're sucking your content out of you. They're pulling out your wisdom. It's like a vacuum hose that goes into a black hole where it's never to be seen again other than that hour that you post it. And so I would say just be aware of that and maybe consider one or two or three of the other partnerships that if you redirected your energy of the the five to 10 hours you're spending on social media and you focused on one or two of those other strategies, whether it's licensing or partnerships or collaborations, and you poured that time over into that, who knows what will happen? I can't tell you. Only you can tell you. And I, I you know, I say with a grain of salt, it wasn't easy to get to where we're at right now. Um, there's been a lot of experimenting. There's been a lot of times where I questioned if I should go back on social media because I might be missing out on, on opportunities, especially during times where, you know, we were struggling financially as a business. And like knowing that that dangling carrot of like, I could go back to social media. It would definitely help us market this program or this membership more, but I'm a Taurus. I'm naturally stubborn as a human being. I didn't want to like go back because I remember somebody posted on my wall when I quit, they said, you'll be back. And I was just like, every time I thought about going back, I thought about that guy. And I was just like, no, no, I will show you. And so it forced me to just stick with the plan and, and keep figuring out other ways. And, and I'm still alive. And people still know I exist. So if something works. um i'm going to copy and paste into the chat if i can uh these resources will also make sure that they're in the email that goes out um one how to license your content uh it's a, a video that i made create awesome partnerships it's a mini class that i did uh seven mighty network business models uh you can check that out if you're interested in mighty networks and understanding some other creative models inside of that and then our magic membership and uh, learning about magic partnerships. So, um, I will copy and paste those into the chat in a minute. Reminder next week, pre-sales magic, just go check out the website. There's a little video that I did that talks all about it. Uh, you'll know if it's right for you or not. And if you have something that you want to launch later this year, it's probably right for you. And the price is definitely really, really good. And if you're, uh, a member of Tad's membership or the magic media membership, reach out to us uh, and we'll tell you what the coupon code is to get your member discount. And uh, when this recording hits your email inbox tomorrow, share it on social media, cause I can't and it'd be so helpful. That's it, that's, that's, the, that's it, that's all we got. Um, I don't know if there's any questions, we've got 10 more minutes. Um, Ultimately, you all get to create your own path in life. So you figure out if your relationship to social media is serving you, your business and the people that you're, you're seeking to serve. And I think you'll, you'll know what to do. And ultimately, yeah, it's like leaping off a cliff when you go deactivate that account um, or permanently delete it. There's a difference between deactivation and permanently deleting. And uh, yeah, so just know that.
1: Bradley, amazing! Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining. Um, yeah, man, you packed a lot in that time. I'd love to hear from people. I'm sure Bradley would too. If you if you have the time, just what was most useful for you from this call? But also, I'd love we'd love to hear from you. What questions are you left with after this? We won't have time to go into them and answer them uh, much here, just given the time. Uh, but perhaps Bradley and I will, you know, come up with something afterwards. Um, uh, that may may speak to these and so yeah w- what was most useful to you number for uh, number one and number two uh what questions does this leave you with you know so like, okay well this is great bradley but then what about this and uh thank you so much to everyone the, apparently the uh there was a, a mix up with the links so some of you uh, had to wait a long time and maybe you're just watching the recording now so you didn't make it into the other one people are still joining now just as, as we're wrapping up so Thank you so much for your patience and your understanding these things do happen you will be getting this recording
0: um wow yeah. uh, yeah. people are asking how did we do this how do we promote this event if i'm not on social media so had still on social media and he promoted the event on social media
1: yeah we have a number of friends i mean this is part of the thing is uh yeah everyone's got different strengths this is part of the deal with partnership you'll this is why you have hubs, because some of them will be on social media, some of them will have a really big email list, but they're not on social media, some of them might have a podcast they could use to promote it, you know, everyone will have their own version of a network, or I'm not on social media, but I've got a really thriving Mighty Networks community, uh, with a thousand people who really are engaged, so you can be sharing it through that, so it's, of course, yeah, not everyone's going to get off social media, the people who are still on. And it's good to give people the materials they need to share things on social media anyways. Uh, but you don't need to be on social media for things to be shared on social media. It's one of the mistakes people make, they think, well, I got to tweet this thing. I said, well, if you tweet it, frankly, it's of limited use because nobody follows you on Twitter. But if somebody who's well-connected and well-respected in the scene you're trying to reach, if they tweet it, n- now we're talking, now that's useful. So, it, whether you're on it or not, is a sort of side issue. The question is just yeah. how do you reach the people you're trying to reach?
0: Yeah, there are a couple of good questions here. Um, one from Kat is, did you already have a substantial following with the Magic Media with Magic Media when you left? So no, I had email list of probably a couple thousand people at the time. Even still, I mean, my email list is four thousand people. Uh, we did a launch with one of our partners last year. Uh, she did roughly $35,000 and her email list was 130 people. Um, did another launch. They had zero email lists, just LinkedIn followers. And they did $35,000 uh, for their launch. So I, I think the idea of of having X number of followers, I mean, we've all been programmed to believe from the marketing hype gurus that we need 10,000 followers in order to have, say, a six-figure business. And that's just a bunch of baloney. Um, And another question, how do you know how much money you make from your time on social media? I mean, are you seeing the people responding to your posts showing up as clients or customers? Um, If you have an intake form, when people pay you money, whether for a course or a coaching program, you can have, how did you find out about us? Um, you know, you, if you do Facebook pixels, when you're sending people from Facebook to the thing you're selling, you can track how many people are purchasing. So there's definitely ways to, to check that out. Um, and you'll also just know if you're spending a lot of time on social media and making posts and content and all that sort of stuff for people responding and engaging and purchasing.
1: And another way to look at this is, are you in the, the last minute scramble every time you're promoting something? This is one of the classic things where it's three weeks before an event and oh my God, once again, we don't have enough people, the last minute scramble. If that yeah. hasn't changed, I mean, that's what we're doing on April 12th, Bradley and I together with this pre-sales magic is looking at kind of calling it the art of the slow launch. How do you actually create a plan to, to launch these things? But if, if it's been that way for years and you've been using social media in the past, to me, what that says is that is not working. That's not, you know, the, um, that's not doing it. And unless your plan or your strategy on social media has changed dramatically that you think that would make a difference, that's not going to cut it.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, I see that the links aren't working. So, uh, I, if you look, you can actually copy and paste them. It, for some reason, it's uh, when you post links in Zoom, it it double... we'll
1: also go in the email uh, to everyone. Yeah. Bradley, yeah. just send those my way, and we'll get those in an email that you'll get uh, in, in this afternoon at some point. I'll send it out once the once the recording's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's see here. Any other questions? Uh, obvious question is how do you build those relationships and find if value to do business with you? If I leave social media and I don't have a following anymore, your way feels like a huge relief, but unsure of, yeah, it's like, it's like leaping off a cliff for sure. Um, and maybe you do it in stages. Maybe you keep your social media account up and when you create a blog or a video or whatever, you post it just like you normally do, but you start to pivot, you know, like wean yourself off of it. The specific uh,
1: steps I would give in terms of weaning, number one, whenever you post something, turn off notifications. Yeah. You can yeah. turn off so that the, you're not notified every time somebody comments on it. That's number one. Number two, take it off your phone. You just don't have it on your phone anymore. So you have to be on your computer. That is a game changer in itself. Yeah. There are ways with Instagram and, uh, uh, you can use Instagram on your computer. Basically, you go to the view tab, scroll down to developer tools, click that. Once you hit developer tools, um, it'll come up in, in the view. Uh, it, you'll make sense, it'll make sense when you see it. You have to refresh the page there. Then there's this little circle that can click on things. So you can use Instagram from your desktop. You don't. I still put it on my phone sometimes. I want to do a video. I was like, ah, this will be too much of a hassle to record it and upload it to YouTube." I'll just put it on my phone for 10 minutes, record the video. Boom. We're done. And I take it off my phone again. So, uh, removing it from your phone is a big, uh, a big way to wean as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Anna says, "Which strategy from the six strategies uh, you mentioned did you start with when you left social media?" I, it was a little bit of everything. We were doing affiliate launches, and I was uh, I was probably a few years into licensing. But when I pivoted, I was like, "I need more licensing contracts." So I started to focus on expanding the licensing reach. Um, And yeah, I mean, growing our membership at the time and uh, doing more coaching work, it was, you know, ultimately it was all one-to-one relationships, just like actually getting to know some of my colleagues, like whether it's setting up a call with Tad for us to just do the relationship building stuff. Um, You know, Tad and I have known each other for, for over 10 years and we finally did like a business partnership. And so... Relations, the thing about relationships, which is different than social media, is that relationships require time, energy and effort that you're building a relationship. You're not you may not have somebody want to promote your stuff the first time you talk to them for 20 minutes on Zoom. So it's just something to be aware of. And, you know, the people you're building relationships with to uh, do collaborative work or to partner with or to get affiliates, you're not reaching out to. The, the A-listers that are making millions of dollars every year, every launch they do. Those are the people that are going to ignore you. You're looking for people that would be considered like a B or a C-lister or whatever. I mean, if you can grade them, it's like people with, you know, have a small following or medium following. Maybe they only get a couple hundred people downloading their podcast. If it doesn't matter, you know, what you're looking to do is find new ways to expose audiences to your work. And if it happens where a hundred people are exposed to your work through one single interview or a thousand people, it doesn't really matter. It's just the consistency of finding new ways to share your work that don't require you to be on Facebook or Instagram.
1: And if I, just a thought occurred to me, if you're, if you're unconvinced as to this point, I think me even explaining this may convince you, but I'd recommend you try it. If you're, if you're still, I don't know. Okay, take, a, take your, your, your phone or a timer and set it for one hour. In that hour, do everything you can on social media to generate a client. Everything you can think of, let your mind go wild, anything that you can think of to generate a client. Then a second hour, do everything you can off of social media to generate a client and see which one works better. I mean, it, because you may find, oh, no, for okay. me, if, I, if I'm just really focused on social media, this actually works. But great. Fine. I mean, you know, uh, work it. But what you may find is that it's much more powerful to send a direct email, to actually get on the phone, to text somebody, to set up a Zoom call with somebody. I mean, in one hour, how many Zoom calls could you set up? Now, could you do that through Messenger? Sure. But of course, the way that most of us use social media, it's not the Messenger function, it's the posting and the tagging. Uh, but just so try, try that, you know, don't include the Messenger when we were doing the social media, just try to use everything except the messenger function and social media for one hour, see what you can do. And then one hour where you're just doing the direct outreach without it. See which one works better. And I think you may be staggered. Most people are, take one hour of just, I got this from a colleague of mine, Bill Barron, just a power hour, turn off your phone or you turn off anything that would distract you for one hour, just focus on generating clients. Because what else might you do? You might realize, oh, I should follow up with this person. Oh, there's that past client. Oh, I wonder how this person is doing. Oh, yeah, there's that person I was thinking about doing a workshop with. I should send them a, a, drop them a line. Oh, there's that person who interviewed me a couple of years ago. Maybe they might want to interview me again. So many ideas come that I think, frankly, would be better, more profitable. I mean, I just post on social media because I I like to share cool stuff. And I still dig it. But the day is coming, believe you me, where I'll be off entirely. Um, and as uh, Louise has had her hand raised, um, so uh, Louise will just unmute you. Um, and, uh, and I've
0: reposted the um, all of those resources. Yeah. I edited them so the links now should work. so you can grab all those, copy and paste them into a file so that you've got them.
1: And Louise, what's your question?
2: Hi Ted. Hi, hi, Brad. Great uh, presentation. It's not really a question so much as. Um, just, uh, you know, really interesting uh, presentation, and um, it's really gotten me thinking. I, I recognize, um, you know, that um, Facebook really creates addictive behaviors for me, um, you know, and, and I squander a lot of uh, time on there that really is not helpful to me or my, or my business. So... Yeah. Um, I have to say, I, I felt a lot of resistance coming up. I can feel it in my body, you know, <laughs> as, I, as I contemplate the idea of coming off it um, completely. But I do feel like um, there's a middle ground and it's really, um, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, the, the strategy, as you said, and, and, and the discipline. And I love what you just mentioned, you know, these, this power hour on and off, uh, social media, I think that'll be a really interesting exper- experiment, so, yeah, I just well, want to thank you, it's just been a really interesting, you know, question to pose to oneself, you know, how, how can I exist differently, um, because I, I don't feel great, after I get pulled into it, you know, I can be on there, uh, you know, for a couple of hours, and, um, you know, I, I feel anxious, you know, when I, when I, I get off. So, yes. you know, this is, this is just really um, helpful. I'm, I'm very appreciative for this, this call. You're
1: welcome, Louise. You're so welcome. And yeah. this is, this is so important for everyone. I mean, what Louise just said, good to return to. That's another metric. When you do the power hour one, one way, one the other way, notice how you feel after that hour. That's got to be part of it. Because if you spend an hour on social media and you feel drained after and you spend an hour the other way and you feel really uplifted and excited, well, this is your life. I mean, you don't get these hours back. It's When it's gone, it's gone. And so why not do it in a way that uh, feels uplifting and wonderful for you? And now, if social media is that, again, we're not dogmatic about this. If you find like, oh, social media, I feel actually really great and inspired after, there may be a way you can do that and great. Wonderful. You know, there's no, there's no um, fundamentalism here. But if you find that you're, you are drained. And if you find it's very hard to stay focused on social media, you know, uh, I I think we've all had that experience. We go, I I go promote something on social media. Oh, a notification. Oh, wow. And then suddenly half an hour later, like, why did I come on here? This is very common. And it's very understandable Mm -hmm. because this is, you know, this is how it goes. Um, Are there any more
0: uh, questions in the chat, Brad, and we should wrap it up soon. Um, Virginia asks, how important was your meditation practice for you to have the discernment to make these decisions for yourself? It seems like that was key. Would be curious to hear about recommendations you have uh, about starting meditation. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I think self-awareness is a is a key understanding when something either serves us or doesn't serve us understanding when we're in a toxic relationship. And for me, the relationship with social media was toxic. And so I had the awareness for three years and I observed the awareness for three years and um, wanted to leave. And I just, I didn't know how to leave because like all of you right now, I, I, I think I, um, I thought like I had to be there. In order to grow my business, and I didn't see another way that I could potentially get off and and still grow Magic Media to be what it is. And so, um, yeah, I, I whether it's meditation or or just self awareness, I I think it's it was probably helpful to have that practice. Um, and yeah, as far as starting a practice, go sit in nature, set an alarm for fifteen minutes, and just breathe and stare off into the open with your eyes open and just let yourself be bored and just see what happens. Uh, for me, I learned on the ocean, just breathing as the waves came in, I would breathe in as the waves went out, I'd breathe out. And that was, that was where I learned. Um, I have meditation stuff at Bradley Morris meditations.com, but I'm not, you know, you can do without me. You can, you can figure this out. Just breathe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I, I encourage you to find a, a space, like a sit spot, that's not in front of your computer, uh, usually in nature. Go find a sit spot and breathe, and you'll learn to meditate pretty quick. Um, I, I really like the Wim Hof breathing stuff. I mean, I was doing Wim Hof breathing before I knew who Wim Hof was, but that type of power breathing and cold water immersion, you get really present really fast when you force yourself into freezing cold temperatures. So I would say that's been, a, that's like my golf and cold water are like my two main forms of presence these days. Um, yeah, what's, and then, what's, did,
1: what's, what's colder than the interactions on social media? Certain kinds of water, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. um, Any last, last thing you're saying? I mean, the one thing I just want to say to everyone is I really challenge you to make a decision now about the next step you're going to do. It doesn't have to be deleting it, but to make some choice, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Now that could be to take that hour by hour challenge. That could be, okay, I'm going to take it off my phone. I finally took this off my phone. I mean, recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I finally just hit that point and my God, my life is so much better without it on my phone. I've literally reclaimed a few hours a day uh, from that. So maybe that's the, the strategy. Maybe you just limit yourself to one app on your phone uh, maybe you decide, and in fact, I'm just going to use the, uh, um, forget Instagram, I'm just focusing on Facebook or vice versa, but whatever it is, I'm just encourage you to make a really clear decision. And out of all the six ideas that Bradley gave, you know, pick one of them just for the next quarter, for the next three months, just pick one of them to focus on. Uh, out of all of those, this is the one that makes the most sense because they may not all make sense for everybody. But if you pick one and you just focus on that and you say, I'm going to take the time I would have spent on social media and spend it on this strategy, uh, you'd be amazed what can happen with some concerted effort because there's something about social media that undermines the concertion mm. uh, with, the, with the constant distract. Cause as Bradley was saying in the beginning, don't kid yourself. They know exactly how to hack into your brain. They know exactly how to get your attention, how to distract you. I mean, this is literally a science for them and how to make it addictive that is, uh, it's one of the reasons you never see uh, Bradley or I use this language of addiction. Get people addicted to your stuff. There's enough addiction in the world, you know? Um, so. Speaking uh, the
0: email, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. I'm, I'm addicted to checking my email. 16 years of survival of having all my money come in through my email. I know it's like, you know, that's, that's deep inside of here. So I, I will say I, I'm an email addict and I'm working on it. So don't feel bad if you're a Facebook checker addict. We're in this together. We will take back our brains, one brain cell at a time.
1: Amen. And I see
0: uh, Noah from the Nadir said, I just deleted all my accounts. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> he just swallowed the red pill. Amazing. Well, um, everyone... fortunately, Noah's in my man Ventures Club, so I know he'll be just fine. <laughs>
1: Uh, everyone uh, let's wrap it up there. So we went a little over time. Thanks for everyone. Uh, to yeah. Bradley, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story. I just think this will probably make a real difference for folks. And uh, sure. thank you to, to Jason Kiel for saving our bacon. And thank you to all of you who again were, were locked out and then got in. And those of you who are watching the video now, hopefully this was of some use. Uh, hopefully we'll see some of you on April 12th, if that's a fit. And of course, you can check Bradley uh, out, magicmedia.com, M-A-J-I-K media.com, and marketingforhippies.com uh, if you want to check out my stuff as well. Thank you all so much, everyone. And we look
0: forward to Thank you. To- Thanks, everybody. See you off social media in the real world. Thanks for tuning in to today's Making Magic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. And if you didn't, remember, treat each other how you want to be treated. I invite you to come check out our Magic Media membership at magicmedia.com. That's m-a-j-i-k media.com. Our affordable, all-inclusive membership offers everything a purpose-driven creator could need to produce your educational content, engaging courses, and thriving online communities. The membership includes all of our premium courses, bi-monthly mastermind group coaching, and an inspiring, supportive community of fun-loving, dedicated entrepreneurs and creators to make magic on the internet with. See you there, and tune in next time.